If you're enjoying History Extra Long Reads, then please do leave us a review. It helps people find us, which helps us to keep making the show. Thanks for your support. I hope you enjoy this episode. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Ten years from today, Lisa Schneider will trade in her office job to become the leader of a pack of dogs. As the owner of her own dog rescue, that is. A second act made possible by the reskilling courses Lisa's taking now with AARP to help make sure her income lives as long as she does. And she can finally run with the big dogs and the small dogs who just think they're big dogs. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org skills. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to History Extra Long Reads where we take a deep dive into the past, bringing you the very best of BBC History magazine with fascinating articles from leading historical experts. From the mid-1920s, Adolf Hitler saw a dramatic transformation in the eyes of the German public. From the buffoon who had botched a coup to a true patriot who could deliver Germany from chaos. A century on from the Munich Beer Hall Putsch, Frank McDonough explains in today's long read how Hitler turned a bloody fiasco into a political triumph. Today's feature originally appeared in the December 2023 issue of BBC History magazine and has been voiced in partnership with the Royal National Institute of Blind People. On the 8th of November 1923, Adolf Hitler strode into a beer hall, jumped onto a chair and fired a single bullet into the ceiling. The national revolution has begun, he bellowed to his startled audience. The hall is under the control of six hundred heavily armed men. No one is allowed to leave. It was the most dramatic of entrances and one that would signal the start of a defining episode in Hitler's early life, the Munich Beer Hall Putsch. Hitler's aim that autumn night was to seize Munich and use the city as a base from which to overthrow the Weimar Republic. Yet little did he know as he stood on top of the table that his national revolution was about to fall flat on its face. Hitler had chosen the location of his coup, the Burger Braukeller, a large beer hall in the centre of Munich, for a good reason. For it was here on that November evening that Gustav von Kahr, state commissioner of Bavaria, was due to deliver a speech to Munich government officials. Hitler, who had been leader of the National Socialist German Workers' Party, better known to history as the Nazis, since July 1921, decided to hijack this meeting to announce a march on Berlin, where he planned to have himself installed as German leader. 
He had already won over the First World War leader General Erich Ludendorff and assumed that Kahr and the Bavarian establishment would support him too. What Hitler did not know was that on the 6th of November, Kahr had met leading paramilitary organizations in Munich, telling them the Bavarian government would not support any revolutionary action designed to bring down the Weimar Republic. General Otto von Lossow, head of the Bavarian Reichswehr, and Colonel Hans Ritter von Seisser, the head of the Bavarian state police, also opposed Hitler's proposed coup. However, in the minutes following Hitler's entrance into the beer hall, Carr was barely in a position to oppose the Nazis swarming into the building. Standing at the speaker's podium, he was led at gunpoint to an adjoining room, accompanied by Seisser, Losso, and Ernst Porner, the former Munich chief of police. Hitler threatened to kill them and himself too if they refused to join his march on the German capital. In the meantime, Ludendorff had turned up, telling Kahr, Seizer and Lossow that he supported Hitler's plan. However, Ludendorff was somewhat surprised to hear that in Hitler's proposed national government, he had been given the lesser role of commander of the army, as Hitler had already appointed himself dictator of Germany. At 10.30pm, Hitler left the beer hall to go and calm down a clash between an SA paramilitary unit and government troops at the local barracks of the army engineers a few miles away. He left Ludendorff to control Karl, Lossow and Seisser. It was a huge error of judgment. Ludendorff had soon allowed the three to leave. Once free, Karl took measures to strangle Hitler's would-be revolution at birth. German President Friedrich Ebert gave full executive power over Bavaria to General von Sicht, who issued a manifesto warning that the army would deal sternly with all conspirators. And so, a few minutes before midnight, Hitler accepted that his attempt to overthrow Weimar democracy had failed. Yet he wasn't about to go quietly into the night. As a final and futile revolutionary gesture, the following day the Nazi leader led a demonstration, numbering 3,000, through Munich, with Ludendorff at his side. Their aim was to march to the war ministry and capture it, but as they approached the Feldenhalle in the city centre, they found their path barred by a heavily armed cordon of the Bavarian state police. Several shots were fired on both sides, leaving 14 national socialists and four police officers dead. When it was all over, Hitler turned up at the house of his close friend, the wealthy landowner Ernst Putzi Hanfstingel. It didn't take the authorities long to catch up with him. On the 11th of November, Hitler was arrested and driven to Landsberg Fortress, a modern prison 33 miles to the west of Munich, to await trial on a charge of treason. The coup had failed because Hitler had allowed his party to become a purely paramilitary organisation involved in an ill-defined conspiracy. Hitler had whipped up his own supporters into a frenzy, only to find that he had already been deserted by his supposed co-conspirators. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This episode is brought to you by Etsy. Sound the gifting panic alarm. You need to get an amazing gift. Wait, no, the perfect gift. Relax. Now you can use gift mode on Etsy. 
Gift Mode on Etsy takes the stress out of gifting, so you can find the perfect item for anyone and any occasion. It's easy. Just tap or click Gift Mode on your Etsy app or Etsy.com. Then answer a few short questions about who you're shopping for and what they like. And Gift Mode instantly gives you curated gift ideas based on hundreds of personas. Now it's simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. So whether you need a housewarming gift for the new homeowner or a birthday present for the pickleballer, Gift Mode has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try Gift Mode on Etsy now. On the day of Hitler's arrest, Gustav Stresemann, the German Chancellor, gave a speech in which he reflected on recent events in Munich, admitting Germany was now confronted with the demand for a dictatorship. But he stressed that anyone thinking a dictatorship would improve matters was making a great mistake. Stresemann said a destructive force such as Hitler could never have provided competent government for Germany even if he had succeeded. But of course Hitler hadn't succeeded. His coup had ended in abject failure. As his trial got underway at Munich's First District People's Court on the 26th of February 1924, his political career now seemingly lay in tatters, his dreams of seizing power cast to the wind. A long prison sentence surely awaited. Yet Hitler wasn't quite finished yet. That much became apparent on the 27th of March 1924, when, after four weeks of worldwide press coverage of his trial, he delivered his closing speech. It lasted for more than an hour and would be remembered as one of the most important of his life. Hitler began by saying that the Weimar Republic was founded on a crime of high treason in which the German army had been stabbed in the back by socialists and Jews. As the country suffered one catastrophe after another, the democratic leaders of the Republic remained, he argued, subservient to the Allied powers. Germany was reduced to a pawn on the international chessboard. The Treaty of Versailles was, Hitler raged, immorality in 440 clauses. As for the League of Nations, its only function was to guarantee the corrupt peace treaty. Now this so-called government was hauling German heroes into court and branding them traitors. Respect for law would only return when the president of Germany was tried for high treason. Looking straight at the judge, Hitler concluded his speech with the following statement. Even if you pronounce us guilty a thousand times, the eternal goddess of the eternal court of history will smilingly tear up the verdict of this court and she will acquit us. Hitler had undoubtedly seized his moment in the international spotlight. In that court in central Munich, he had somehow turned a bungled fiasco into a triumph. On the 1st of April, Georg Neithart, a nationalist member of the right-wing Bavarian judiciary, delivered the verdicts. Hitler was found guilty of high treason and sentenced to five years, with a reduction for the four months he'd already served. This made him eligible for release on parole after just six months. He also received a fine of 200 gold marks. The other chief defendant in the trial, General Erich Ludendorff, who arrived to hear the verdicts in full general's regalia, displaying all his medals, was amazingly acquitted of all charges. News of the verdicts shocked not only the German press but newspapers around the world. The leading SPD, Social Democratic Party newspaper, Vorwärts, condemned the trial as a farce and a mockery, suggesting it was such an obvious injustice that the judge should be put on trial himself. 
The Times asked if the crime of high treason was worth more than a mere six months in prison, and the New York Times regarded the verdicts as an excellent joke for all fools' day. Far from snuffing out Hitler's political aspirations, the trial had provided him with the oxygen of global publicity. It had made him famous. To many he was no longer the buffoon who had botched a coup in a beer hall, but a true patriot who had tried to rescue Germany from democratic chaos. Hitler's time in prison also led him to begin writing Mein Kampf, My Struggle, which became the Bible of National Socialism, in which he cast himself in the role of political and philosophical messiah. Part autobiography, part ideological manifesto and part blueprint for political action, Mein Kampf remains an important book for understanding the essence of Nazi ideology, crystallising his virulent hatred for Jews and Marxists and setting out his plans for living space in Eastern Europe. At 12.15pm on the 20th of December 1924, Hitler walked out of Landsberg Fortress. The New York Times ran an article to coincide with his release under the headline, Hitler Tamed by Prison. The paper reported that the demigod of reactionary extremists looked much wiser as he left prison, noting that his behaviour during imprisonment had convinced the authorities he was no longer to be feared. It is believed he will retire to private life and return to Austria, the country of his birth. Hitler was, of course, planning nothing of the sort. While in prison, he had spent his time assessing his failure, learning from it, and above all formulating his next move on the political stage. He concluded that, to succeed, National Socialism needed a clear ideology and a national organisation, and that the path to power lay through votes in elections, not brute force. Put that way, the Munich Beer Hall Putsch marked the birth of Hitler as a politician and the end of his career as a beer hall agitator. It was the true start of his road to power. Today's long read was written by Frank McDonough, a leading historian of the Third Reich. His latest book, The Weimar Years, 1918-1933, was published by Apollo in August 2023. Thanks again to the Royal National Institute of Blind People for their help voicing this article which first appeared in December 2023 issue of BBC History magazine.